Happy Father's Day to you guys. Thank y'all so much for being here today. Um, and before I go on, I just I just want to say, man, it was so good to get away last weekend. And man, did Karen not do an amazing job last week? Oh my goodness. So good. So good. Me and Debbie were listening on the way back home and we're we're amen and it was just awesome. Uh, and thank you guys for just being here today and, and just taking care of things. And um, as you, some of you know, and I said this at the beginning of service, uh, we had a little flood this week. I, I walked in on Monday and it was kind of wet in here and it's not the kind of water house we want to be, uh, but you know, we'll take what we can get. No, uh, but it was, it was, uh, it was kind of flooded. So if you see, just bear with us while we repair the damage and uh, there's some blue tape on the wall, so I'll take that off. Uh, that's for the people to come and uh, fix what was wet, and so we're still trying to dry that out. Um, but I want to do say to you guys, thank y'all so much uh, for those who do give on a regular basis. And it's nice to walk into an area that you see destruction and know that, hey, it's going to be okay. We have the funds to take care of this, and we can cover the insurance costs. And uh, so thank y'all so much that give just on a regular basis. So we don't have to worry about that stuff when things happen. We can take care of it. And, you know, I say this a lot. Giving uh, on a regular basis isn't sexy. You know, I say that as like we like to give to big things, right? We like to give to, to big projects. And I know if I bring a missionary in here, guys, and I'm like, this missionary is trying to get to China or wherever, you guys will just pour on the love and finance that person and meet that need. And, and that's what we love to do. But it's in just that, that weekly giving and that that monthly giving that we're able to keep the things going uh, in the church that need to be going. So thank y'all so much for that. Um, it was just, it's a good blessing to have. And so I just want to open up in prayer before I get into the message this morning because it is, it is Father's Day. Uh, Father's Day can be a great time of celebration for many people, but it can also be a time of pain, a time of hurt, because not all of us had great dads. Not all of us had great father figures in our life. And I want to touch on today what it means to be a father and what God has destined fathers to be and what he's placed them in the lives of their children to do. And so I just want to open a prayer and just ask God to uh, just help me communicate this, but also uh, just to mend the broken hearts today in this place. So Father God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would just speak through me, Lord, that I would listen to you, hear your voice. God, that the words I speak would be your words. Lord, I pray for those in here today, God, that are hurting, God, that when Father's Day rolls around, it brings pain. God, it brings uh, just an immense amount of anger. Father, I pray that you would begin to mend those hearts right now, God. Lord, I thank you for the fathers that are sitting in this building today, God. They've stood up and they've taken on the task of bringing their family to you. And Father, I thank you for them. I thank you for those fathers that have took their place and that have uh, led well. God, we thank you for them. I pray that you would bless them today. God, I thank you for what you're going to do through this message. God, I thank you for what you've already done. God, you are a good father, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Dads, I, I seriously mean that. If you're in this building, or if you're watching online with your family, bravo. Thank you. That is a huge, huge step. That is a huge thing to be uh, leading by example, to be that father who takes a interest in the spiritual life of their family. It's a huge thing. Fathers, we have uh, a vital role 
We have a vital role to support our children, to help them to grow. Uh, without a dad, troubles seem to come in this world. Without a dad, there, there seems to be a lack of stability in, the, in their children. Fathers, I want to tell you, we do more than just pass down our gene pool to our kids. We have a bigger role than that. We pass down our convictions, our morals, our faith, our character. And so let's make sure as parents and as dads that we're passing down the right ones. Guys, the role of a father, it's a divine call. It's not something that we just do. It's, it's divine. It's from the Father in heaven. It's, it's from him. It's a divine call to honor God with our children through this parent-child relationship. And I'm not saying here that mothers don't have a place. Mothers have a, a divine place as well. We have different roles. We're our partners, moms and dads, partners to raising these kids in the Lord and to help them become all that God has created them to be. As we see, a child without an active father figure in their life faces all kinds of difficulties and challenges. That children that just live with a mother or without two parents in a household have. I'm going to read some statistics here for you. And this is 2017, where I pulled these from. It says almost a quarter of U.S. children under the age of 18 live with only one parent in the United States. Compared to, that's 23% of children in the United States have a single parent home. Compared to 7% around the rest of the world. It's huge, three times in the U.S. And here's the things, here's the symptoms of a child who, who is without a father. We see this in our school systems, truancy and poor academic performance. 71% of high school dropouts are fatherless. Fatherless children have trouble academically, scoring poorly on tests of reading, mathematics, and thinking skills. Children from father-absent homes are more likely to play truant from, home, from school, more likely to be excluded from school, more likely to leave school at age 16, and less likely to attain academic and professional qualifications in adulthood. Delinquency and youth crime, including violent crimes, 85%. Guys, get this, 85% of youth in prison have an absent father. That's huge. Fatherless children are more likely to offend and go to jail as adults. You can look all this data up for yourself. There we go. Fatherlessness is one of the most significant issues in the United States today. Many of the issues in our culture are due to fatherlessness, and here's why. God has given fathers the primary role of affirming and inputting or instilling identity, a sense of identity into their children. Fathers, you have a role to input and instill a sense of identity into your children. We have this role as dads to do that. A person who has a stable and loving and affirming father just seems to, to thrive. Fathers give a sense of identity and affirmation. When I'm affirmed by a father, when, I am, when my identity is tied to his identity and I know who I am through my father, it brings a, a firm foundation to my life. I know exactly where I stand. I know who I am. I know where I came from. And I know my purpose. Fathers give a sense of identity and affirmation. When kids are young, think about this. When my kids are little, what they'd always do? Dad, look, come, come look, come, come see, come see, Dad, Dad, look what I can do. You know, whatever. 
You know, the kids are they're so excited because they want that affirmation, right? They want their parents to, to, to love them and, and to say, oh, good job, good job. When they bring the report card, hey, good job, you got a C plus, awesome. You know, it's better than me. But no, it's a, but we, we are so glad to, to see our kids thrive, right? They want that affirmation. They need that parent affirmation. They need that affirmation from a father who says, son, I'm so proud of you. Daughter, I'm so proud of you. I love you. I affirm you. Come, let me throw you on my shoulders. I love to do that with my kids when I was little. Throw them on my shoulders and just take them around and you know, wrestle with them and, and you know, just be a dad. Right? And, and it's just so good for them because they know that they are safe with their father. And, and they know that they are affirmed through their father. And I'm not saying I'm a perfect dad. Believe me, I've made mistakes. Nobody here is perfect. And fathers, I want you to know, you don't have to be a perfect father. You may have made mistakes in your past. You may not have been the greatest dad in the world. But I'm telling you, God can help you become a better dad. I, I had no example of what a good dad looked like. I had to learn. I had to come to God and say, God, what does a good father look like? How am I supposed to raise my children? You've made, you have maybe made mistakes as a father, but I'm telling you, God can turn that around, just like that song. He can turn that around, and he can help you. It doesn't matter how far, if your kids are grown or not, you can still be a father to them. God didn't take that away from you. Fathers give a sense of identity and affirmation. We long for a dad's approval. We look for dad's affirmation. We need that. It reminds me of a, of a story, maybe you've heard it before. This kid goes in to his dad's office and he says, Dad, how much do you make an hour? He's like, why? It's like, Dad, how much do you make an hour? He's like, well, I make 25 bucks an hour. He's like, okay, can I borrow 25 bucks? And his dad gets kind of mad at him and says, well, son, I'm busy here. I don't have, I don't have time for this. Why do you need money? What do you need money for? Are you going to go buy some candy or something? And the son looks at his dad and goes, no, Dad, I, I want to borrow $25 so I can buy an hour of your time. You see, we as fathers, we can be so busy trying to, to resource our family, trying to give them what we think they need. And they do need house. You know, they need housing. They need food. They need, they need the things that, that a father can give them. But really, as a father, our children need our time. Our children need us to be there for them. Our, our children shouldn't be begging for our approval. Our children shouldn't be begging for us to spend time with them. We need to make time for them as fathers. You have a capacity within you, fathers, to bless your children. You really do. It's a God-given thing. God has given men the capacity to bless their children or, on the other hand, to curse them. See, blessings and cursings can dictate a child's life. If a child feels blessed and affirmed, they're going to go straight forward. Now, I know there's exceptions to the rule, but if a, father, if, if, if a child feels blessed, they're going to walk towards the thing that God has called them to do, that thing that their father instilled into them. And said, this is who you are. This is why you're here, and this is God's purpose for you. But likewise, if you have a, if you have a father figure or a parent that's always cursing them and putting them down and telling them why they can't do anything or calling them names, and attacking their character and their personhood, you see those people walk around defeated and, and less than who God had created them to be. You see, the word blessing actually means to increase. 
If you say, well, I'm blessed, what do you mean by that? I mean, I've been increased, right? I've been, I've been empowered. I've been strengthened. And so as a father, when we bless our children, what we're doing is we are increasing our children. We are strengthening our children through that blessing. And likewise, the curse means to take away from or to, to, uh, to subtract. So when you bless, you're adding to them. And when you curse them, you're subtracting to them. We have to be very careful with our words, dads. Parents, we have to be very careful with our words. I remember very clearly when, you know, Blackman Blockbuster was open a long time ago, showing my age, you know, making a black Blockbuster night. Uh, I was at Blockbuster with my kids. They were little bitty. <laughs> and uh, there was a parent with a little kid, and she was just grilling this kid. Like she was telling him he was stupid and he's spoiled and He's, you know, she's just grilling him in Blockbuster. And I felt so bad for that kid. And I was angry at that parent. I don't know where she came, you know, I don't know where she was at, but in her frustration, she was taking it out on this child. And I'm like, man, that poor kid. He's going to think his whole life. He's stupid. He's spoiled. He's not loved. Because of that parent's speaking a curse over that child. We got to speak life into our kids not death. And so I want to talk about this Father's blessing with you. See, a blessing does three primary things in a person's life. And fathers, you do this whether you realize it or not. Blessings, they do three primary things in a person's life. The first thing is that it increases capacity. It increases capacity. These all start with C, so this should be easy to remember. First thing a blessing does is it increases capacity. If you bless your child, you're increasing who they are. You're making them more fruitful in who they are. If, 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 if I say, man, you are doing a great job in this, I'm going to pray that you would increase in this capacity. So when we bless our children, it increases their capacity. Number one, it makes them more fruitful. Number two, it builds confidence. It, it gives them courage to keep going. It encourages them. A father's blessing, man, it makes you just want to keep going. You know, it, with kids with sports, right? You come up and you hit, you hit a good ground ball or, or you catch something or you make a touchdown or you make a goal and you, and you come up and you look for your parents. You're like, yeah, good job, good job. You're encouraging them. Keep going, keep going. Like a good coach, it encourages them to keep moving forward. Also, it enables constancy. Not consistency, but constancy. Constancy is, is staying in there. It's staying power. It's knowing that, you know what, I'm rooted, I'm grounded. I know that no matter what happens in my life, my father affirms me. He loves me. I know where I stand. It's a constancy. Man, my dad said this about me. My dad said that I'm going to do these big things, that wherever I go, whatever my hands touch, it's going to be blessed. And so we walk in this. It's almost like a father speaking a prophecy over their child. It's speaking into their future. As parents, we have that role to speak into our kids' futures, to see them and see what God's doing in their life, to see what God has placed in them, to pull that out of them. Come on, parents, that's our role. We're supposed to pull out the things of God in our children and push it to God's kingdom and God's glory, right? And, and so that's what these three thing, primary things do when we bless them. It, it, it cultivates a, const, a constancy, it gives them confidence, and then it also gives them capacity. We see this in these blessings, and we see this in God's blessing to Abraham here in Genesis 22, and I'm going to point, some th point these things, three things out to you. And so he goes in verse 17 of Genesis 22, and this is 
God blessing Abraham. He says, I will surely bless you. I will increase you and make you your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. That's capacity. God's blessing Abraham. He's blessing him with capacity. And then he says, your descendants will take possession of the cities of, the en- of your enemies. He's telling him, don't worry, have confidence, be strong. He's instilling confidence into Abraham. And then verse 18, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. That's constancy. He's telling Abraham, this is what's going to happen in the future. Because you trust me, because I've spoken this over you, this is what's going to happen. Your descendants, your offspring are going to bless the nations through all the earth. And that held Abraham. He was like, oh, God said this. My father said this. It's going to happen. I'm going to walk in that. No matter what happens in my life, I'm going to come back to that and say, uh-uh, my father said this. God said this. I'm going to keep walking in this. Nothing's going to keep me from it. And then in Timothy, you see Paul. Paul was a spiritual father to Timothy. And some of you have spiritual fathers. You have men that have come into your life that are not your biological parent and have spoken life in you, have blessed you, and have shown you what it means to be a man or woman, what it means to be a son or daughter. Maybe you didn't have a father growing up and you had these men come in and just take you under their wing and help you grow. They instilled confidence and constancy. They, they instilled these things into you because these are spiritual fathers. We need more spiritual fathers. We need more spiritual fathers to take those sons and those daughters under their wings and say, I want to show you what it means to follow God. Paul does this with Timothy. Now we know that Timothy had a strong mother and grandmother in the faith, but it doesn't really say anything about his dad. We know that he was Greek, but we don't know if he was a believer or not. More than likely not. That's why Paul looks at Timothy as, as his son. And he says this to Timothy in 2 Timothy Chapter 1, verse 2 through 8, he opens up this letter to Timothy, this instructions as a father to a son, as a spiritual father to a spiritual son. And he says this, to Timothy, my dear son, three things for you, three things to increase in, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul is telling Timothy, Have, I'm opening up your capacity to receive grace and mercy and peace from God. He's speaking increase into his spiritual son. And then verse 3, he continues, I thank God whom I serve, as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience as, as night and day. I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears. I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois, and in your mother Eunice, and now I am persuaded, now lives in you. Paul is instilling confidence into Timothy, saying, I saw it in your grandma, I saw it in you, and when I laid my hands on you, Timothy, I saw it deep inside your heart. And he says, I want you to hold on to that. Don't let go of that. See that spiritual heritage that you have through your grandparents and, and that I bring into you. Timothy, walk in that confidently. Don't be afraid. Then he continues, verse 6. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands as a spiritual father. For the Spirit of God gave us, does not make us timid, 
the father to a son. Son, don't be timid. Don't be frightened. But this, he gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me in prison. Rather, Timothy, join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He tells Timothy, hold on to this. Hold on to this. It gives him constancy. Hold on to this. Staying power. Don't give up. You have this fire inside of you. I've seen it fanned into flame. Be who God has called you to be. That's a spiritual father. That's what a spiritual father does. That's what a father's supposed to do with his children. In Scripture, we see a, a father father actually speaking to his two sons. And I want to really contrast these two sons today because some of you maybe today uh, have felt like maybe these two sons. One just couldn't quite get right with the dad. Like he was mom's favorite. Mama loved him. And dad just like, oh, whatever, you're, you're not my type. You're like, you're not the kind of son I wanted. This other son I love. And there was always this contention between these two sons. And one day, this other son cheats the other brother out of his inheritance for a bowl of soup. And then now comes the time where the dad is about to pass away and it's come for the dad to give his blessing to his firstborn son so he can inherit everything. And so here's the story in Genesis chapter 27. It's kind of tragic and it's a reminder to us that, man, I can really relate to these guys, to one son or the other. And while I read this, maybe... Man, your, your dad was there. He was, he was the guy, man. He was giving you constancy. He was giving you confidence. He was giving you the staying power to stay in there. He, he was always building you up. He was building capacity in you. Like he was, you could look to dad and say, man, I love my father. I'm so happy today's Father's Day because I get to hang out with my dad. He's in church with me today. We're going to go barbecue. We're going to hang out afterwards. We're going to talk about it. You know, you may have that dad that you're going to go see after church today. You're going to call on the phone. Maybe your dad has passed on, but you look to your dad and you're like, man, I love, my dad was awesome. My dad was there for me. My dad, he, he built me up. If it wasn't for my father, I don't know where I'd be. But maybe you have this other kind of dad that was not quite that way. Maybe he was absent a little bit. Maybe you had to feel like you earn, had to earn his approval. Like nothing you did was ever good enough for your dad. Or maybe you just didn't have a father and you're, you felt like an orphan. So maybe we can relate to these two guys. And so in Genesis chapter 27, we're going to pick up the story. I'm going to kind of read the whole story because you have to get it in the whole context. So verse 1 through 40, I'll read fast. So one day when Isaac was old and turning blind, he called for his son Esau, his older son, and said, My son. Yes, father, Esau replied. I'm an old man now, Isaac said. And now, and I don't know when I may die. Take your bow and your quiver full of arrows. Go out into the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare my favorite dish and bring it here to me to eat. Then I will pronounce the blessing that belongs to you as my first son before I die. But Rebekah, the mom, overheard what Isaac had said to his son Esau. And so Esau left to hunt for the wild game. And she said to her son Jacob, listen, I overheard your father say to Esau, bring me some wild game and prepare me a delicious meal. And then I will bless you in the Lord's presence before I die. Now, my son, listen to me. Do exactly as I tell you. Go out to the flocks. Bring me two fine young goats. I'll use them to prepare your father's favorite dish. And then take the food to your father so he can eat it and bless you before he dies. 
But look, Jacob replied to his mom, my brother Esau is a hairy man and my skin is smooth. What if my father touches me? He will see that I am trying to trick him and then he'll curse me instead of blessing me. But his mother said and replied, then let the curse fall on me, my son. Just do what I tell you. Go out and get the goats for me. And so Jacob went out and got the young goats for his mother. Rebekah took them and prepared the delicious meal just the way Isaac liked it. And then she took Esau's favorite clothes, which were there in the house, and gave them to her younger son, Jacob. She covered his arms and the smooth part of his neck with the skin of a young goat. Then she gave Jacob the delicious meal, including freshly baked bread. And so Jacob took the food to his father, and he said, My father, he said, Yes, my son, Isaac answered. Who are you, Esau or Jacob? Jacob replied, It's Esau, your firstborn son. I've done as you told me. Here's the wild game. Now sit up, eat, and so you can give me your blessing. And Isaac said, How did you find it so quickly, my son? Well, the Lord, your God, put it in my path, Jacob replied. And then Isaac said to Jacob, Come closer so I can touch you and make sure that you're really who you say you are, Esau. And so Jacob went closer to his father, and Isaac touched him. The voice is Jacob's, but the hands are Esau's, Isaac said. But he did not recognize Jacob because Jacob's hands felt hairy, just like Esau's. And so Isaac prepared to bless Jacob. But then he goes, but are you really my son Esau? He asked. Yes, I am, Jacob replied. Then Isaac said, now my son, bring me the wild game. Let me eat it, and then I will give you my blessing. And so Jacob took the food to his father, and Isaac ate it. He also drank the wine that Jacob served him. And then Isaac said to Jacob, please come a little closer and kiss me, my son. And so Jacob went over and kissed him. And when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he, he was finally convinced and he blessed his son. He said, ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of the outdoors, which the Lord has blessed. From the dew of heaven and from the riches of earth, may God give you the abundance harvest of grain and bountiful new wine. This is the blessing. And so right now, he's speaking capacity into him. This blessing is saying, may God give you the, the dew from heaven and the richness of the earth. May God always give you abundant harvest of grain and bountiful new wine. That's capacity. He's putting capacity into Jacob, he thinks is Esau. And then he goes on to continue with this blessing. May many nations become your servants, and, they may bow, and, they, and may they bow down to you, May your, you be the master over your brothers and your mother's sons bow down to you. That's constancy. Saying this is what's going to happen. I'm speaking this into your future. May many nations become your servants and may they bow down to you. May you master your brothers and master your mom. Will you be over them? And then he says this, all who curse you will be cursed and all who bless you will be blessed. It's confidence. He's building confidence in him. See, this, this fatherly blessing from, from Isaac is, is speaking into Jacob. Well, it's supposed to be Esau's, but now Jacob has it. The problem was this. Jacob stole the blessing. It wasn't his, but he got it. And I think so many times, and I've seen this in people's lives, it's like their blessing was stolen from them from somebody else. Maybe it was another Maybe it was another sibling. Maybe it was a neighbor kid. Maybe it was somebody else. I remember I went to youth camp. I was a counselor at the time, and there was another guy that was a counselor from another church. 
And somehow we got talking, and he said, you know, I love to drum. Like, he was a drummer. And he said, my father would drum. And I begged my dad to give me lessons, but he never did it. He would always have time to go and, and teach somebody else how to play drums. But when it came to me, when I wanted to learn, he would never have time for me to do it. And so I could see in his heart, he said, man, I just wanted my father to spend time with me and to affirm me and to love me, but yet he had time for everybody else and not myself. And maybe some of you in here today, you may feel like that. Like my dad, he had time for everybody else, but not time for me. He had time for my younger siblings or my older siblings or maybe my step-siblings or, or somebody else's kids or somebody else's things, but he never had time for me. And you feel like you have to kind of steal the blessing. You feel like you have to kind of connive and, and work your way in and say, Dad, would you just love me? Would you just give me your blessing? Would you just have time for me? That's how we can relate with Jacob. And then Isaac comes in and blesses him. And verse 30, it says, As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and almost before Jacob had left his father, Esau returned from his hunt. Esau prepared a delicious meal and brought it to his father. Then he said, Sit up, my father, and eat my wild game, so you can give me your blessing. Blessing. There we go. The Texan came out. Blessing. But Isaac asked him, Who are you? And Esau replied, What do you mean? It's your son. Your firstborn, Esau. And Isaac began to tremble uncontrollably and said, Then who just sent me, who just served me the wild game? I've already eaten and I blessed him just before you came in. And yes, that blessing must stand. And when Esau heard his father's words, he let out a loud and bitter cry. Oh, my father, what about me? Bless me. Bless me too. What about me? But Isaac said, your brother was here and he tricked me. He has taken away your blessing. And Esau exclaimed, no wonder his name is Jacob. Jacob means deceiver, right? It's like, no wonder his name is Jacob. You named him, for now he has cheated me twice. First he took my rights as the firstborn, and now he has stolen my blessing. Oh, haven't you saved even one blessing for me? Have you ever felt like that? Dad, do you just have one blessing for me? Do you just have one second for me? Do you not have one moment for me, Dad? Where are you? Can I just get a blessing? Can I just get one? I'm proud of you. One, I love you. What's left for me? Is there anything left for me? Esau plead, pleaded, but do you only have one blessing on a father? Bless me too. And then Esau broke down and wept. Where's my blessing? What about me? Dad, where's my blessing? Where's my approval? Where's my affirmation? Christian, if I can get you to come up. See, I, when I grew up, I, I didn't have a biological father. I, my, my father passed away before I was born, and, and so I didn't have that biological father. But when I was three years old, my mother got married to another man, and he was my stepfather. And my stepfather, he tried his best. You know, he, he tried his best, but he came from a broken home as well. His father stepped out on him while he was young, and so he didn't know how to be a good father either. And, and in his attempt to be, uh, to fill in that gap, in his, in his attempt to be, uh, to just get that father's affirmation, 
He turned to other things. He turned to the bottle. He turned to other things to get that affirmation to kind of drown out that loss that he had. And then it carried over into our family. And I never had that dad. He was never there for me. He wasn't that father that I needed to give approval, that give me approval, that affirmation. He, he just couldn't do that for me because, number one, he wasn't my biological father. And number two, it just wasn't in him. He didn't have it to give. And so I walked around my whole life trying to earn approval and affirmation from other people because I didn't never have that father's approval, that father's affirmation. I never got that attaboy. I never got that, I'm proud of you. I love you, son. I never got that. And so what did I do? I was seeking to get that from something else, from relationships, from substances, from things that I thought were going to fill me up and, and, and give me purpose and give me confidence and give me capacity. But none of those things ever did. Until one day, I met a man. One day I met a father who loved me, a father who was proud of me, a father that knew me, knew every part of me, yet still loved me, a perfect father, a father to the orphan. I walked around with little confidence. I walked around with no capacity. All I saw were limitations. And I had no constancy. I had no direction in my life until I found the Lord. And I told him, I was like, God, I don't know why I grew up without a dad, but would you be my father? Would you be my dad? Would you be that thing that I need in my life to affirm me and to give me what I need? And when I did that, it's like, uh, I had purpose. Confidence came over me. Like, I was increased, this, 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 this constancy to stand and to stay firm. I knew who I was. My identity was no longer just in everything else. It was like, I'm a child of God. I'm God's child. What can take the place of that? Nothing. Romans 8, 15 says this. If you're saved and you've given your life to Christ, this is, this is what Romans 8, 15 says. So you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. He adopted you. You're no longer an orphan. You're no longer fatherless. He's adopted you and he's called you my son and my daughter. I am proud of you. I love you. And now, this is what we call him. We don't just call him God or Lord or you know, man in this big man in the sky. He's not that anymore. He is this, Abba, Father, meaning Daddy God. He's my dad. He's my dad. He's my father. He is proud of me. He loves me. He sees all that he's put in me, and he's working to get that out. He's affirming me daily. He's correcting me when I need it, like a good father does, but he's also affirming that in me. He is Abba, Father. You know, your view of a father, a loving father, may be hard to understand. I mean, I may be in here today telling you about this loving father in heaven who loves you, and you've never seen a loving father. And you're like, I don't understand this concept. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never had that. I'm telling you, your earthly father may have failed you, 
but God never will. Your earthly father, he's broken. We're all broken. None of us are perfect. But God is perfect. He will never let you down. He will never let you down. But I want you to hear this. Mark 1, 9 through 11. One day Jesus came from Nazareth to Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. And as Jesus comes out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said this, You are my dearly loved son. You bring me great joy. Other translations say, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. We're like, well, that's Jesus. But you know when Jesus said this? Jesus hadn't done any miracles yet. He hadn't saved any. He hadn't talked to anybody. He hadn't preached one sermon. Jesus didn't do anything yet but be a son. That's it. You don't have to earn God's approval. And I think so often, man, we get into this, this spirit, this spirit of orphan, this orphan spirit that we carry. And, and we, we say, God, I got to get approval from everything else. I got to find my, my identity in something else. And, and, and we have to earn our way to God and God's saying, no, 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 no. You're my son. You're my daughter. I love you. I am proud of you. I am pleased in you. I have joy when I think about you. We got to get past that orphan spirit. We got to get past our earthly father's failures. And we got to step into our heavenly father. I'm going to challenge you right now. And I'm gonna, it's, it's a hard thing. And I'm going to have the, the, the guys I talked to earlier this morning if you want to come up. Some of you have been carrying these father wounds for a long time. You've been carrying the pain from an absent father or a father who just wasn't there for you or never gave you that blessing. Maybe he was there all the time, but he never said, I'm proud of you. I love you. He never said, man, I'm so well pleased in you. When I think about you, it just brings joy to my heart. Son, daughter, come here. <laughs> Let me hold you. Some of you have never had that Father's blessing. Never had anybody to affirm you, to speak confidence into your life, to speak capacity into your life, to give you constancy in your life. Today, I want to give you an opportunity to let God heal that a little bit, or all of it. And what I'm asking you to do may make you uncomfortable, and you may be like, I don't know about this, because I thought the same thing too. I went to uh, a thing called Encounter. And at Encounter, he talked about father wounds and, and the things that you go through, and it hit me hard because I thought I was past all that, but I wasn't. Because what I was seeking desperately more than anything else was the Father's approval. I was wanting a dad to say, man, I'm so proud of you, son. I love you, son. Man, I've seen, I see your heart. I love you. I accept you. And I just needed that so bad, and I didn't know it. And they had some guys stand up, and, and they said, hey, you know, today, if you need a father's blessing, just go to one of these men, and they're going to pray a blessing over you. And I stood, and I looked at all these guys. I'm like, but they're not my dad. They're not my biological father. They're not my, my stepfather. I don't even know these guys. 
But something deep within me said, you need to go up. Because I longed for that. I needed that. And so I got up and I stepped up to this man and he looked at me and he just, with compassion in his eyes, he put his hands on my shoulder and said, Neil, I'm so proud of you. so today, maybe you need that Father's blessing. Maybe you need somebody to stand in the gap. Maybe your dad's no longer around or you can't get to your father and you got this deep father wound that you just need God to deal with. Today, while while Christian plays, we're going to open it up. If you want to come up and get a Father's blessing, it's here. It's here. I want to encounter again because I got a lot of stuff to talk about. And they did the same talk. They did the same thing. And I'm like, okay, I'm over this. We're good. I don't have to go up there. God's like, no, you need to go up there again. It's like, you didn't have a father to bless your marriage. When we got married, I didn't have, yeah, he was there, but he didn't know how to bless. You, you need to go get a blessing for your marriage from a father. What a father's blessing you need. But God knows. God can use these guys just as much as anything else. So today, if you just need that, come up. Come up. This is this is what we're here for. We're here to stand in the gap, to fill in the gap, and to be a father to the fatherless. And maybe today, last call. have never given your life to Christ. You're walking around like an orphan. You don't have a dad. You don't have a spiritual dad. You don't have a father who loves you, who's proud of you, who sees you. Maybe you've been trying to earn God's approval and you've been thinking, well, when I get good enough or when I get this out of my life or when this, or maybe when I get a little older, I'll come to Jesus Christ or maybe I just need to be perfect enough and then then I'll come to Christ. But he's saying right now, he's my son, you are my daughter, in whom I am well pleased. Just come to me. Just come to me. Give your life to Christ. See what he can do in your life. Today, if that's you, I want to invite you to come up as well. We want to pray for that.